0: Hello everybody, welcome back to What's True for Everybody. This is experience number 13, and it is called Creativity for Everybody, a conversation with Lane Arakaki. Haha, <laughs> my man Lane is here. Hi Lane, how are you?
1: Hey Matt, what's up? Not much, and when I say here, you're not exactly here. Uh, where are you? Uh, I am Skyping this in from the beautiful Hilo, Hawaii. Today it is about 68 degrees, a little overcast, but it's nice and warm. How's it there? Uh, actually, not too bad. It was really windy
0: today, but 49, I think, was the high. The sun was out, and uh, we were out playing for a little bit. Uh, that wind will get you. It is not Hawaii weather, but it's still beautiful.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I kind of miss the brisk cold, but rainbows and ocean is really nice right now.
0: Yeah. Hard to beat in at the beginning of March. Uh,
1: well, thanks for being here.
0: Lane is a good friend of mine. Uh, I met Lane, I don't know, a year ago, a little more than a year ago, probably maybe a year and a half ago. Um, Lane is brilliant. He is a teacher, uh, by education and he was, uh, an elementary and middle school teacher here in Northern Colorado. He taught all sorts of stuff. He taught engineering. He taught design. He taught choir. He taught technology. I'm probably missing some stuff. He did it all. And then he became the producer uh, of our weekend services at the church that we were at together. And that's really how, how we got to know each other. We worked together for about six months um, almost daily I would say we, we work together on stuff and then uh, after that Lane felt the tug to go back home to Hawaii where he hadn't lived in how many years uh coming back it had been 14 years 14 years and so now he's back with family and he's got nephews and uh living the dream in Hawaii yep so. it's
1: beautiful here it's awesome being with family but yeah
0: and lay now is
1: uh teaching middle school math in hawaii and how's the year going for you the year is great spring break starts next week so i have five days left before i have a week off that i'm actually going to spend in california oh nice yeah san francisco all right good stuff uh
0: so when I started the podcast and I had the idea of having other people on or guests on, the, the first person was obvious. It had to be my wife, Corey, who was going to be the first guest on. The second person was also pretty obvious. It had to be Lane. Uh, and here's why. When Lane and I worked together, whenever I would give, be giving a sermon that weekend, I would send my, the manuscript of my sermon to two people to have them look over it. Uh, one was Corey. The other was Lane. And every week, uh, if I was teaching, I would pull Lane into my office on a Thursday and I would have on my whiteboard kind of the outline. And I would just he would sit down in a chair and I would go through it and I would just say, tell me what to do. How do I make this better? What doesn't make any sense? Uh, Lane is one of the most creative people I've ever met. And so when I knew I had to bring Lane on, it was obvious to me. It was I immediately knew what we had to talk about. And we had to talk about creativity. Um and so now actually when I write a podcast episode, I will send it to two people uh when I record it before I put it on the put it, uh, upload it on the internet. one is Corey, the other is Lane and they'll both uh listen to it and, and give me some feedback on it. Um, so Lane can see things in ways that few people can. He thinks about things I think in ways that very few people do um and one of the things that that I love about Lane is he can, once things are over, he evaluates things in ways that few people do. Um, and so Lane is, is a tremendous friend, uh, a tremendous creative thinker, and uh, he's here on what's true for everybody, and I'm thrilled. And here's where we'll start. Uh, until fairly recently, I never really thought of myself as a creative person, Um. I know I had some ideas and, but I would, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty, I think pretty logically most of the time. And I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm all that artistic. Um, but along the last few years, there've been, there's been a few people who have kind of combated that thought and say, no, you're actually pretty creative. Uh, one of those being Lane In those conversations we have about sermons or work or whatever, And, um, what I came to realize is I think a lot of people see themselves as not creative. And I now think that's a lie, no matter who you are, because simply being human, we are doing creative acts all of the time. We're thinking in creative ways all of the time. Um, would you agree with that lane? Totally would agree. Okay. Awesome. Uh, if Lane thinks it's true, then it's true. <laughs> so here, here's where we'll start, Lane. Uh, simply with this, how would you define creativity as but a starting I, point for this conversation?
1: Gotcha. Well, first off, thank you for your marvelous introduction. I hope that our conversation um, lives up to all those things you said at the beginning. <laughs> but um, I actually do remember uh, the, one of the times in your office where we're talking about the upcoming sermon and you're saying something like, help me make this more creative. And I threw it back at you and said, no, man, you're, you're already pretty creative. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I do remember that, but, um, creativity. The other thing, oh, by the way, by the way, Lane was also my prop person. If
0: I ever <laughs> had an idea for a prop, I would go to Lane and he would either help me with the idea or he would go get it or buy it or borrow it or <laughs> I've also built it sometimes. Or built it.
1: it. (laughs) Or written it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, what is creativity? So uh, growing up, I always kind of clung to this idea that um, creativity was um, that phrase, thinking outside the box. Um, I don't know where I got that from. It was probably um, said to me several times growing up. But um, for a long time, I never saw myself as creative until I got a little older And someone mentioned to me that, yeah, you can think outside of the box, but you could also think inside of the box, think Mm. differently. And that really changed my idea of what creativity was. And at that point, I felt like I had to start owning my creativity because Mm. it was no longer what's outside of the box, What um, things I didn't have because I could always make excuses well I don't have the access to these things or I don't have these resources or um, it's just too big once it got flipped to inside of the box that's all me that's mm-hmm. on me, and I can own that and that's all you have um and it's also this idea of making something different from something that already exists kind of like a remix yeah um, I like that thinking of it that way like a remix creativity yeah. is a remix
0: it's a creativity is a remix. That's good. Uh,
1: I, I, yeah, I like that. Another way to look at it is maybe
0: the box is a bit bigger than we originally thought it was totally. If,
1: Sometimes the box just gets in the way. We yeah. do not need the box.
0: Yeah. I have heard people say, uh, uh, there's a box. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: No one ever told me there was a box or, um, I've noticed this too. Some, some people, will go out of their way to think, quote unquote, outside the box, which means they'll intentionally do, do, do something different, which is fine and great and helpful. But then they get stuck in that thing that they've created, and they never really allow themselves to think outside of what they've just bound themselves to. And so the original idea was, was very creative, but then they all of a sudden become like the opposite of that by having to stay inside of that thing. Uh, yeah.
1: They, ma- they made a new box. That's Say that new. again? They made a new box. Yes, they saying? made Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a different box. <laughs>
0: yes. uh, good stuff. Okay, I like that definition. Uh, so here's what we'll do. Uh, I want to talk about an insight and a study and then a charge. So I have an insight and then I'm going to refer to a study and then we'll, we'll give people a charge at the end. Sound good, Lane?
1: Sounds great.
0: Okay. So, so here's the insight. Creativity is not a single trait. What I mean by that is a lot of times we assume that creativity is this one thing. Either we have it or we don't. Either we're born with it or we're not. And it's just this one adjective among all the other ones that describe us or don't describe us. But I read a quote recently, and I want to read it. Uh, The the writer says this. Creativity is not a single personal trait, but a set of traits. Basic elements of the concept of creativity include intelligence, intensive interest, knowledge, originality, instinct, nonconformity, courage, and persistence. Wayne, what are your thoughts on that idea, that insight, that quote?
1: Uh, creativity not being one single trait, I think, I think that totally makes sense. It goes to this idea of thinking that creativity is a remix. It's a blend of ideas. It's a blend of um, skills. It's a blend of perspectives. And I think it's a whole bunch of different aspects pulled together um, I really like that um, this insight pulls on the idea of courage and nonconformity. I think that's a really strong driver of what we see manifested as creativity, um, hmm. kind of the fearlessness of being creative, the risk-taking that's involved um, by trying to make something new, trying to make something different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, good. Okay, let me just go through a, f- a few of these and just get kind of um, immediate reactions from you. So a little rapid fire here. All right. Why does originality matter for creativity?
1: No one likes a copycat. (laughs) Um, If you are just copying something um, verbatim, you're always going to get compared to the original. Uh, I think if you are just replicating things and just making carbon copies, there's not enough distance between you and the original um, for there to be space for there to be, um, appreciation for there to be a difference. And I think originality, um, plays into that. Yeah. Yes. And to add
0: on to that, um, if it's not original to you, then it's not you (laughs) and it's not coming from a pure place at that point.
1: Totally. Then you Start to question like motivation, yeah, passion, authenticity. And yeah.
0: Yeah, we spend so much time trying to be other people or follow what others are doing. And there's something to following other people. That's and learning from other people. That's all part of part of it. Um but when we do it at the cost of ignoring what's deep inside of us and how we're created to live and be, that's a problem. And it reminds me. Uh, Something you just said reminded me a couple few years ago now, I saw a video of Pharrell Williams. He was at a college or university. He was listening to um, some female artist's vocals, a song that she wrote and was singing. And she was actually sitting next to him. And you could tell he was just into it. And it got done. And he's just like, wow. And he he, here's what he said. He said, this is like when Wu-Tang came out. Remember Wu-Tang? Yeah, Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan, he said, when Wu-Tang Clan came out, people didn't really know what to do with it. He said, whether you loved it or whether you hated it, and there were people on both sides of it, you couldn't compare it to anything because this was the first time you've heard anything like this. And I I love that illustration of whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating, however you're living, whether people like it or don't... um, maybe one of the greatest honors is that they aren't able to compare it with (laughs) anything else because this is the first time that they're seeing it. So, uh, yes, originality. I like that. Okay. Instinct. Why does instinct matter? Trusting yourself.
1: I think instinct plays into your own originality. I think instinct is what sets whatever you're doing apart from what everyone else is doing. Mm. Um, I think instinct is what makes it personalized and what makes it unique to you the artist uh yeah yes and when 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 we say artist we're we're not just
0: talking about painters or songwriters or you know authors um we're talking about stay-at-home moms and
1: uh i think we're talking we're talking about everybody everybody yeah um chefs are artists um, if you run a company, you are designing um, everything from your systems to your processes. If you are an athlete, you are an artist on that court or on that field with every play and every step that you do. I think everyone's an artist in some way.
0: Yes. Yes. Whether you are leading people or following someone or both, um, or just li- living your life, being a neighbor. Uh, okay. This is my favorite one. Nonconformity why is that important?
1: I think nonconformity sparks interest and excitement. I think that's the energy we get when we see something um, different, when we see something that maybe causes us to question um, what's around us or uh, causes us to have a conversation and discuss something. I think that nonconformity provides an opportunity for dialogue and people to voice things that maybe they normally wouldn't be able to, or to just to just try something new and take a risk and yeah. be brave.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And nonconformity, we're not like talking about rage against the machine, middle finger in the air. Or... <laughs> it's um breaking new ground is how I like to think of it. And this goes back to your remix comment of I've heard comics talk about what they do what a good comic does is they take something that's familiar to people and then they give it a new turn or they give it a new twist or they um, talk about it in an unexpected way. And that's what brings the humor about it. So you take something that maybe has a box (laughs) and um, you talk about in a way that other people don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. Nonconformity. Okay. Um, You just kind of touched on this
1: one. Courage. Oh, courage is huge. I think, Courage is what, I think courage is what sets apart people that are known as creative as opposed to everyone who thinks they're not creative. Mm. I think that, I think fear is a huge barrier to the, the productivity that is creativity. And I think that courage is that what breaks you through that, pushes you past that um, zone where something is produced and something becomes shared and is out there and you can say, yeah, Hey, look, look what I did. I tried something. If you don't have that courage, you're, you're not going to tell anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, the ability to, in a healthy way, not care what other people think Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and not care. I mean, and be okay if it doesn't work the way you, you wanted it to work. Because that can still be a step forward. You learn something. Totally. You try something.
1: Perfect. Okay. Last one. Persistence. Persistence is important. I struggle with this one. I think (laughs) this. um, I think you can ask almost anyone. They've probably been super passionate about something, pursued it, and at some point, there was an obstacle. At some point. Resources were running low. At some point, the inspiration was lessened. At some point, the drive started to die out. And I think persistence is crucial Mm -hmm. to creativity um, because it's so easy to not try. It's so easy to not do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's that persistence that would fill that gap when that comes. And I need to work on that. Persistence is hard. Yeah, and it's it's easy to say, oh wait,
0: this obstacle got in the way. This must be the door shutting. Uh this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, now sometimes if it's not what you're supposed to be doing, then don't do it. But other times when the first obstacle comes or shipwreck shipwreck comes, I'm reading a book right now for Lent called How to Survive a Shipwreck and it's amazing and hard to read and um keep going and it's we did an episode a podcast experience a couple weeks ago find your grind that's what it is it's day after day after day sometimes it's two step forward sometimes it's a half a step back but it's you keep going and in in the world of american idol and the voice when you can become famous in weeks it's easy to want that instant gratification
1: yeah
0: um But that's not real life most (laughs) most of the time. Uh, Okay, good. Thank you. That's the insight. Now, a study. Lane, I'm going to tell you about a study. Okay, there was a dude named George Land. He died, I think, in 2016. Uh, But in 1968, he did this study. And by the way, George Land was an expert in creative performance he, he actually this is what he did for a living he studied creative performance have you heard of this guy lane
1: i have not heard of him okay um
0: he's actually in the creative education foundations hall of fame because there is such a thing
1: <laughs>
0: huh. uh, he also has a he got a lifetime award in creative research and so in the world of creative research and creative performance this guy is like a legend anyway 1968, he did this research study uh, where he wanted to test the creativity of 1,600 children. <laughs> uh, I don't know where he got all them, ranging um, in ages from three to five years old. And and now all these kids, these children were all enrolled in, in a Head Start program. Um, and so this is, it was actually the same creativity test that he made up for NASA. And he made this test up for NASA to help select innovative uh, engineers and scientists. Same test he's giving to these three to five-year-olds. So the assessment for NASA works so well, he's like, oh, I'll do it on kids. And so he did. Uh, So he, he tested these 1,600 children with this creativity test, three to five years old. Okay. He then retested the same children when they were 10 years old. He retested the same children again when they were 15 years old. Okay, now here are the results. When when the children were five years old, uh, the results on the creativity test, collectively, 98%. 98% when they were five years old. When they were 10 years old, 30%. (laughs) It goes down 68% from five years old to 10 years old. 15 years old, when these same kids were 15 years old, um, the results, 12%. So within 10 years, you go from 98% to 30% to 12%. He then gives the same test to 280,000 adults. 200, so double the amount of children he tested. The results for the adults, 2%. So this creativity test for 5 year old 98%, adults, 2%. And here's what he said at the end. George Land said what we have concluded is that non-creative behavior, behavior, <laughs> let me start that again. What we have concluded is that non-creative behavior is learned. Wow. And so here's why this is huge. Most of us, including myself for most of my life, thought, oh, you just have to learn how to be creative. That's what you do. You start out as like non-creative unless you're gifted and you just learn to be creative. Um, The insight here is from the study, you don't really learn creativity. We actually instead over time, learn (laughs) non-creativity. And so we start out as incredibly creative human beings and through rules and regulations and coloring inside the lines and all of this stuff, we actually learn non-creativity, non-creative behavior. Um, Lane, I've heard you talk about the difference between inspiration and creativity. Now, first of all, what do you think about this, in, this thought of you don't actually learn how to be creative? Um, you actually learn how to not be creative. Creat- and we'll touch on this later, I think, is instead of learning to be creative as in like sitting in classrooms, reading books, whatever, you just do things to, be- to become creative creative, which in a sense, I suppose is learning, but you know what I'm saying. Um, What's your thought on that? And then how do you differentiate inspiration from creativity?
1: Gotcha. So first thing, when I'm looking at these results that you're talking about and listening to these stats from this creativity test, um, it totally makes sense to me. Uh, One of the first teaching jobs I had, I taught kindergarten music. So imagine... 25 (laughs) five-year-olds and i just handed all of them a drum every kid is making their own rhythm every kid is whacking that drum to their own beat and they're having a great time then you contrast that with a eighth grader in band and he doesn't even want to play (laughs) his drum And so it totally makes sense. And I think part of it is just like kind of what you said, coloring in the lines, but we see it more. um, There's just so much, so many things in our world where there are rules and guidelines to follow. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes sense that as children are learning and growing up, they're making connections and applying those things they're learning to this idea of creativity. So if there's rules on the playground, there's probably rules in creativity. If there's rules mm-hmm. in my classroom, if there's rules at home, there's rules when I'm doing all this other stuff. And rules are great, mm-hmm. but rules are hard when we're trying to um, grow creativity. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that's really tough to to balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when we're thinking when I'm talking about this idea of how do we learn to be creative I think sometimes we we look at art classes or we look at I'm going to school or um, being mentored as learning to be creative I feel like that's that's close but I think we're almost learning how to be inspired Mm. learning how to uh, see what's out there to see what other skills there are, what other technical things are there that I don't know how to do yet. And I think once people are equipped with what's out there, once people are connected to the right inspiration, I think that becomes the springboard into further creativity. Yeah. And I feel like that's one way we cultivate being creative. I know lots of people love being on pinterest and lots of people love being online and instagram and it's so easy to become inspired because you see what's accessible you see um what's capable what's what's out there and some of that's within your reach that's why there's all these shows of like hey like nailed it i saw that on pinterest i'm gonna try and make it sometimes it turns out sometimes it doesn't i think that inspiration is a really big driver for creativity um, and how we learn that quote unquote.
0: Yeah, oh, that's good.
1: I love, I love the,
0: your difference between inspiration and creativity. I think that's huge. I've never thought of it that way before. Um, and something you just said even got me thinking your line about how rules aren't bad. Without any sorts of regulations or laws, I mean, we'd be in some serious trouble. But think about even, particularly, I think, in the Western world, how we think about God. Um, I mean, I've taken systematic theology classes, and um, it's, you learn to think, like, God is A, B, and C. God is in this linear order, and if you don't get this right, then you don't really know God. Um, I don't think that's how God was always thought about, (laughs) and even... I think even the way some of the ways we think about interact with God, I I, I think this is accurate, has has maybe suffered a little bit because we're taught that God, okay, we'll bring up the box that God has to fit in this box. And so have you ever been in a church or been talking to someone and you say something like, hey, I think God maybe loves this person too. And they're like, uh, no, because God is A, B, and C, and that person doesn't fit in A, B, and C, or take whatever conversation you want, people crossing the board, whatever it is. Um, we can get in some serious trouble when we aren't willing to expand our thinking of who God could be in a maybe nonlinear way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, going back to rules, regulations are, 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 are good. I mean, there are still some good things to have in that box. Like, don't gossip. <laughs> That's probably a good one to keep. Don't kill your neighbor. Yep. Um, but maybe God is bigger than we have given him credit for. And then, and then there's, the, there's, the, there's the thought about freedom here, too, I think, in whatever it is you're doing. And I like to say freedom isn't a lack of restrictions freedom is actually having the right kind of restrictions. And so for us, whether it's, we're thinking about God doing whatever it is we're doing in life, whatever it is we're called to do, um, saying yes to whatever you're doing means saying no to a bunch of other things. So you still have some restrictions. They're just the right restrictions anyway. Um, yeah. Non-creative behavior is learned. So, that brings us, anything else you want to say about that, Lane, or should we, should we keep um, on?
1: When we're talking about non-creative behavior, I just had this thought of, I think a lot of us view creative behaviors as having a, a product to share. And I think mm. that is not necessarily the way we should view it. I think sometimes creativity is the process we go through. Sometimes mm. um, we are creative. But we don't have a finished product to share and post, or <laughs> or hang up on the fridge, um, like we did when we were six. <laughs> you know, I think everyone has um, that box with all their kids' crafts from school and from Sunday school and from all the summer camps they've gone to. And it sits <laughs> in a box, and I think we grow up thinking that was when I was creative. That's my art. That is my product. But when we're older, when we are out of school when do we have that self portrait that I drew with markers no we don't have those things and so it's so easy to say oh I have nothing mm. I have nothing to do nothing to create mm. but really being creative is also the process the process you go mm. through of taking things that exist flipping them thinking about them differently and then putting it back out there
0: yeah yeah creativity is a journey
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. Good stuff. Uh, speaking of, like, y- kids, crafts, and stuff, and students, you your class just won an award for something, didn't
1: they? My class did. So uh, the school I'm at right now, we operate in trimesters, and every trimester we have an awards assembly where the school recognizes and awards students that excel in not just academics, but um, character. And The first trimester awards assembly was about three months ago and my class lost by 400 points. And the award that we lost was recognizing classes that had the lowest amount of detentions, referrals, tardies, absences, all those things. Um, But it was really cool because when we lost that, my students were so mad. That we lost by so little <laughs> that it was our mission these last three months to kick everyone else's butt. <laughs> and yesterday they were awarded for their butt kicking. Yes, nice. And Creative so, butt kicking. Totally. How much did you win by now?
0: Like you oh, lost we, by little.
1: We lost by 400 the first time, we won by 15,000. <laughs> Crushed it. Yep. And right now we're in trimester three and I am in the lead with 114,000. And the next person is 20,000 behind me. Wow. So yep. it's a Teacher good year
0: of the year in Hawaii <laughs> in Arukagi, or Hawaii. Say it. Say Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes. Hawaii? <laughs> I like the way you say it better. Okay. Uh, here's the charge. So we did the insight. We did the study. Here's the charge. And here's the creativity for everybody. And I'm talking to to everyone now listening and to myself and Lane included creativity is for you creativity is for you this is creativity for everybody whether you're a teacher like Lane whether you're staying at home with your children all day and by the way stay-at-home parent is the most ridiculous term ever because how often do you just sit at home um, you have the hardest jobs ever whether you're a student, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a bartender, whatever it is, whether you drive Uber, um, creativity is for you. And so Lane, a few questions for you, you ready? Yes. How can we, no matter who we are, use creativity in our daily
1: lives? I I think I talked about a little bit earlier that we all have, um, we all essentially have canvases that we can be creative on, whether that's, a court or a field, whether it's an office, whether it's um, a plate at a restaurant, um, whether we're a student or a friend or a neighbor, I think creativity is one of the ways we just deliver something that we're already doing. Um, It's taking whatever we're doing, flipping it, making it different. Mm. Um, I think when you start thinking that way, I get pumped about, like, man, like, what if that really good ice cream sundae I had now had this flavor in it? Like, that excites me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I want to put Nilla wafers on this. And <laughs> I want to melt cheese on this. One of my favorite things. So there's this show called iCarly. Do you know what iCarly is? I don't think so. It was a kid's show like 10 years ago. Oh, but okay. Yeah, they so heard... used to make these things called spaghetti tacos. Okay. And you would get the crunchy taco shells and you'd put spaghetti in it. And it was this big joke on the show. But every kid who watched the show made their parents make spaghetti tacos for (laughs) dinner. But then what me and my friends did is we took it the next step further. And we went to lasagna burritos. Oh, my. So you get your favorite lasagna, cut a little sliver, and wrap it in a tortilla. Now you can eat lasagna in your hand. And... (laughs) And walk somewhere. So, just fun ways to be creative.
0: um, In the middle of that answer was something really profound I want to bring back up. Creativity has to do with what we're already doing. Did you catch that? You said that? Okay.
1: I I did. I planted that. Did you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's what this means. Creativity isn't about trying to go uncover what it is you have to do in order to be creative creativity is about who you already are what you're already passionate about what you're already good at probably even what you're already doing that is huge yes i knew (laughs) i knew you're going to be great on this okay here we go uh what are some things we can all do to foster creativity
1: all right, so kind of like some tips or like steps on what we can do to be creative. Um, I'm actually going to steal uh, these tips from one of my favorite artists on creativity. Okay. Um, his name is Austin Cleon, and it's coming from a book called Steal Like an Artist. And he gives some really oh, good Austin. tips. Okay, say the author again in the book title. Austin Cleon. How do you spell that? Just so people know. K-L-E-O-N. Okay, Austin Cleon. And his book is called Steal Like an Artist.
0: It's a fantastic title. Okay.
1: So um, he he gives some tips at the end of his book. And I've used these all the time. They're a bit dated, but um, you'll get the gist. Number one, take a walk. Mm. There's so much to see. There's so much inspiration um, out there. Um, Creation is just a great source of inspiration. Number two, he says to start your swipe file. swipe file file is the place where you keep everything that you see that you like so if you are a chef if you cook meals for your family your swipe file is that pinterest board where you pin all those great recipes your swipe file is that folder in your desk that you cut out all the recipes from those coupon books your swipe file is those index cards where you've written down all your favorite recipes that's your swipe Mm. file that's where you're going to hold all the things that will inspire you in the future.
0: Good um, and okay. One way, another way to do that. This is what I. One of the things I do is I have a file on my computer where whatever it is, if I think it's funny, if I think if it's interesting, if I think it's, in, it's insightful, it goes in that file. Whether it's a picture, whether it's a quote, whatever. I don't. I might not even know when I'll use it. Why I, I might even not use it ever. I might go through it a few weeks later and think that's garbage and get rid of it. But um, <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's now I know a name for it. That's my swipe file. Okay.
1: Yep. Number three, go to the library. Essentially, read stuff. Lots of people have written down tons of things that we can be inspired by, that we can learn from, that we can um, model and copy, essentially, that might expand our own capacity to become more creative. So go to the library. Read. Okay. Um, Number four. Buy a notebook and use it. In this mm. book, he talks about writing is super important to the creative process because it just gives us an outlet to put down an idea that maybe we don't even have time to execute in real life, but we can put it in our books. We can put it in our notes. We can write that down. Mm. And that's one way to um, help us become more creative. And yeah, journaling one, too. Totally. Journaling is super huge. I love journaling. It's probably what helps me manage all the ideas that i have in my head because if you've ever been in my head it's really messy <laughs> and writing it down lets me let go of that idea floating in my head mm. otherwise there's just a million things floating and until i can write it down it's jumbled up in there so it's mm. kind of like a release to write stuff down oh yeah. the next one get a calendar and, and by the way calendar. yeah sorry
0: journaling um Sometimes when I do that, I feel like I have to write the right things down. Otherwise, I'm doing it wrong. You, <laughs> you can't, yeah. You can't do it wrong. You just do
1: it. Yeah. Just do a quick write. Put it all down there. Yeah. Okay. The next one, get a calendar. Mm. So um, make, a, make a schedule. Make a plan. If you, are, um, if you are hosting a party and you know when it's going to be, set up a plan. On when you're gonna plan this party, write it down, put it in your calendar, and that will give you the structure to become creative rather than having that party sneak up on you and just doing it the same way you've done it every single time. Yeah. Planning is important.
0: And so there's another example of creativity involving things like boundaries. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we think that creativity means it's like a free for all. No, that's actually chaos. (laughs) Yeah
1: all right good keep going um the-, the next one is start your log book and that's just recording everything that you've ever made everything you've ever done kind of like your uh projects that are finished things that are really close that you share uh the next one says give a copy of this book away so essentially buy this book uh and the the last one is take a nap <laughs> oh that's a good one rest that's a good one super easy but super that's a
0: good. good is that a book you recommend
1: um it's totally a book i recommend books are hard for me to read i've told matt this before <laughs> reading is tough but i've actually read this book at least five times wow and all in one sitting so one sitting yeah nice. it's 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 a short book it's one of those tiny books um it's like 130 pages and there's lots of pictures but um yeah if you Are looking for easy ways to become creative or to just look at some other people's creative process Mm. or if you have kids that you want to instill a love of creativity in them there's great ideas in this book of how you can help nurture that
0: yeah awesome okay author Cleon k-e-l-e-o-n book how to steal like an artist
1: yep steal like an artist Oh, not even how to just steal no. like an artist? Yeah, just do it.
0: Okay. I'm getting it. Um, one of the, oh, I'll give you one add on here. <laughs> Sorry, someone just texted me thing on my computer. I thought I took care of that problem. <laughs> We're keeping it. We're not starting over. Um, uh, one of the things that I thought of when I wrote down this question of fostering creativity for me is to declutter. And this goes across the board from appointments like you. It's not beneficial to make schedule a meeting from 2 to 3 p.m. and then schedule a meeting from 3 to 4 p.m. Because you're going to be late. You're going to be hurried. um, Declutter. Give yourself um, one author. One woman calls it white space. Um, Just room to breathe, room to be. Uh, my desk. I try. I need to do. There it is again. I need to do it uh, with my desk. I just need to take things off of it. I need a clear space in order to like feel like I can be productive. Um, there's even this insight. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, God followers would say that, like in the scriptures, you had the words on the page, and the words on the page said things and they meant things, but you also had all of this white space on the page in between the letters and in between the lines that left room for things like interpretation and conversation. Um, And I've never forgotten that. I heard that years and years and years ago. Um, that's just an insight on, on reading the scriptures that they say things. Yes, but that doesn't get us off the hook from actually thinking (laughs) and talking about it and interpreting it. So, um, okay, that's good. Um, does, you showed me something before. Describe that real quick for everybody.
1: Uh, the, the lines? The lines. All right. So from this book that I've been talking about, at the very beginning, uh, the author shares this story of um, a, a trick that they teach you in art school. So you would draw two parallel lines on a piece of paper. And you'd ask the question, how many lines are there? So there's the first line and the second line that you drew, but then there's a line of negative space that runs between them. So
0: mm-hmm. one
1: plus one equals three, <laughs> three lines. Yes. That's good. Same idea. I like it. Um, okay. Let's
0: do just, a, a, I think three more here. Um, does it matter or does it not matter? And why to be intentional about hanging around other creative people
1: when we first talked about this question i thought i had my answer but now after our conversation i think i might say it does matter but i think it might matter more to surround yourself with people who share people who share their creativity
0: oh okay describe that talk more about that
1: so i think i think we all hang around with creative people. We mm. all hang around with creative people. We're surrounded by them. But what some of us lack in our circles are the people who are sharing what they're creating. Mm. And I think that is the tipping point for us to boost our own desire and drive and confidence to share what we're doing.
0: Yeah. That's and I good. Think,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say for that
0: one. Okay, so hanging around creative people, that's a given. We're doing that. It's just whether or not we're hanging around people who are actually have the courage <laughs> to share. Good. And that's the part that, I, that takes origina- uh, takes intentionality. Yeah. It's hang around those people who are doing that. I like it. Okay. Uh, what is the importance of giving yourself permission to be wrong or to fail?
1: I think that that comes in I think we see that connected with that results that test results you showed shared at the beginning yeah. of creativity kind of goes down as kids get older and go through school because there's probably been an instance where you colored out of the lines and someone said something about it where <laughs> you where you folded your paper crane into a box And everyone was supposed to make a crane where you were supposed to paint the sky blue, but you wanted to make it purple (laughs) or that sunset that you like. I think there's a lot of bad experiences with people not giving us the feedback that either we were expecting or that was necessary. Mm. And I think that fear is unfairly given to us as we get older. Mm. And that fear needs to be overcome because it's okay to be wrong, um, quote, unquote, because there's not really a wrong way to do something different. Mm. If the whole idea is doing things differently or making something different out of something that exists, how is there a wrong way to be different? Mm. So, yeah, take risks. Um, try things and I think part of going back to that other question surrounding yourself with people that you trust surrounding yourself with people that um, want to hear about your all the attempts you've made to do something different Um, I think you I think um, I'm talking about this because this week my students were playing basketball and I watched a couple basketball games today but Um, if you've ever gone to like a playground where like middle school or high school boys are just playing street ball, there comes a point where they stop playing a game and they just try to out trick each other. (laughs) And there's a there's a cool um energy that comes from this point where every kid just goes for it. They don't know if they're gonna make it, they don't know if they're gonna land it. Um they're taking Um, a dunk that they saw on TV plus the dunk that they did last week and melding it together and crossing their fingers in hopes that it works and those kids know it's okay if they mess up those kids have that permission from their friends to be wrong and -hmm. make that attempt and jump and maybe make it but probably not (laughs) and I think that's that's that energy you want to strive for all of us are trying to do different things and it's okay if we don't get it the first time
0: yeah and i love what you said about there's no wrong way to be different (laughs) and even okay so even whether you missed the the dunk that you had a one percent chance of making (laughs) or whether you went for the interview for your dream job and didn't get it which stinks which we wish wouldn't have happened you it's still a it's still a building block you still Mm learn something hopefully you can at least um so there's a line failure isn't final so it didn't work out i wish it did it didn't uh what's next how can i do this differently how can i get better so that's good okay last one and i ask this and i end with this because you're better at this than than almost anyone i know what role does evaluation? Once something is over, once you're past it, what role in evaluation? What role does evaluation play in creativity?
1: I think it's very. I think it could be very. Um, what's that word? Polarizing. Mm. If if evaluation is used by the artist, I think it becomes very beneficial and becomes a huge learning experience. If evaluation is used um, by others, it could be um, diminutive. It could stifle that creativity. It could um, discourage it, essentially, if it, if it wasn't designed for that. So, for example, let's just use this basketball example since it's in my head. Um, the boys playing basketball at the court just trying to dunk, out-dunk each other they are not entered in an official slam dunk contest. <laughs> so it would be really inappropriate for me to stand on the side of the court and give them zeros on cards as they <laughs> go up and try this. Because they were not taking these risks to be judged. They were taking these risks to try new things. Oh, well, that's good. Um, so I think the, the venue for your creativity determines what type of evaluation the artist should get yeah but if it's just me they should is, get it from totally yes i think the audience is very important um, that where that evaluation comes from because it's like if if you if you are the person who cooks dinner for your family um i feel like you have a lot more um uh, it's a lower risk to switch up a dish every now and then and put a creative spin on it as opposed to you being um, making dinner for your whole staff at work <laughs> that are expecting chili a certain way, you <laughs> probably don't want to use that day as your day to try and make something different. Um, yeah. Just that audience is important. Um, but I do think, as the artist, every artist evaluates themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Whether you're an athlete, or a singer, or a speaker, or a student, or a parent, or um, anything. You mow lawns for a living? Totally. You're like, hmm, I probably could have done that one 10 minutes faster, Um, or I should probably go clockwise instead of counterclockwise, things like that. I should have zigged when I I zagged. But I think that evaluation kind of tweaks our skills. And it sometimes it inspires us even more and it becomes a cycle where, hey, I just finished this thing. now I'm going to take what I did or what I saw and I'm going to use that to inspire my next attempt. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And there's something there too about this goes back to choosing who you hang around and who you sometimes people's critique of you says a lot more about themselves than it does about you. And so there's a wisdom to whose critique you actually take the most seriously. Um, My wife is brilliant at gently critiquing my parenting at times when I could have said something differently, could have acted a different way. If someone in a restaurant... tries to tell me that no it's not the same it doesn't work so there's a wisdom in there's a wisdom in getting outside critique too i think and you're right a lot of times i think a lot of times artists whoever they are are their hardest critic but a lot of times artists don't see from the inside what people can see from the outside and so there's i think there's people you have to let speak into whatever it is you're doing but they It's people who you trust, who've earned it, earned the right to do that. They can't be, like, self-appointed. Oh, I'm going to be your personal (laughs) person. Um, People who speak the truth in love, people who... Here's the thing about... When you read about judgment in the Old Testament, like, people wonder why in the world is there so much... Like, why is God getting upset, and what's the point of all this? Um, God's judgment always has the point of correcting and of allowing people to be more free it's always designed to move people forward it's always a loving thing that's not always how we do it um but when you talk about critique and you think of of god it's always to move people in a better direction it's never for the sake of being upset it's never for the sake of discipline or whatever uh, but um discipline always leads to freedom with god and i just thought of this and now here's a connection what a great way to think about critique (laughs) whether you're getting it or whether you're gently in love trying to give it to somebody else Um, or evaluation or whatever it is whatever word it is Mm -hmm. we're using um and so people like you lane who have the ability to see things and to actually say hey that was great look what you did here. Look what you did here. Look what you did here. Next time let's, let's add this and um, we'll make it better. Yeah, I agree with you. I think evaluation is huge. I think it also, there's a wisdom in how you hear it, who you hear it, who you allow yourself to hear it from, who you take it seriously from. I don't know. Would you agree with that?
1: I I would totally agree with that. I think that is just important to have that perspective and, that level of connection with the people that you are sharing with and just being aware that these are the voices that I'm going to value. And these are the voices that I am just sharing things with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's like different levels levels of trust.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's good, man. This has been fantastic. Lane, Arakaki, any, anything else you want to add, ask, say to the listeners of what's true for everybody uh any other insights you have
1: i would just say i would just say if you're um, one of those people that don't consider yourself creative stop stop that don't do that anymore (laughs) um try to think of all the ways that you are creative and then just start owning that Hmm. and i feel like that would be freeing to start creating even more. Nice.
0: Brilliant. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the brilliant Lane Arakaki. Lane, thank you so much for being with us on this experience. We appreciate it. We appreciate you and all that you are and all the wisdom that behind the scenes you bring to this podcast that nobody even knows about. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Mahalo. Mahalo. This (laughs) has been... Creativity for Everybody, A Conversation with Lane Arakaki. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Peace.